The following podcast is intended for adult audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The Iron Realm, Chapter 40 Bestial Confrontation. Solus and Stockholm led their others through the secluded space between the cobalt barracks and the steam cavern. It had been the search for water that had drawn them out, and they did not expect to find any opposition. Not here, in these hidden corridors. But they had been wrong. Deadly wrong. The dwarf saw them first. Several of them. Tall and gangly. Horns and burnt brown fur. How had they come to be here? They stared down the dwarf and his humans and the elf. They growled. They looked desperate. And therefore they were dangerous. The largest amongst them held a rusted sword and he glared down upon them. The rest were unarmed, though their claws were sharp, and all of them were naked. Stockholm held an arm out to steady the others, but they'd already heard the threat and stopped behind him. Already they were looking for a light, and they were reaching for their weapons. Stockholm hoped that this would not have to come to blows. Yet somehow, in the maze, was this not only a fleeting hope? And they'd already killed Sira. Stockholm gritted his teeth, and he squeezed his eyes. As the big beast man postured, the dwarf readied his words of peace. Yet also, he had ready his axe, for it was with this that he could best deliver the decisive and deadly language of war. Moisture from cave walls is only barely enough, yet perchance it shall sustain us a little longer. Travelers of the maze, keep your weapons at the ready, for the beastmen are upon us. Frightening parodies of humankind, or are they actually us? Devolved and deadly, corrupted by the maze, fallen from grace. Maybe it's not too late to negotiate. But don't take your eyes off the large one. I don't think he'll hesitate for a minute to run you through with a rusted sword. Hold your ground. We're all in this together. 
Keep your nerve. We're going forward. Keep your nerve. And hold your ground. The Iron Round, copyright A. Lenzo, can be found online at theironround.com and at theironround.blogspot.com. Tribal Matters. It is the 15th day of Primaris, 2.10 p.m. Solus is with several others in the maze, west of the Kobold Barracks, when their group encounters five ragged beastmen. Some of the beastmen have sacks, and their leader holds a rusty sword, but otherwise they are not armed, armored, or equipped. They are currently suffering no penalties for thirst, hunger, or lack of sleep, and Invisible Shield is at the ready by Kaylana and also Orson. Those wounded amongst the group are as follows. Solus, 7 out of 9, and Len, 4 out of 6. Solus and Stockholm, knowing that the Beastmen were coming, have their weapons ready when the creatures arrive. Halt, says Solus, and lower your weapon. The Beastman leader is hesitant to do so, and holds the old sword high. I'm warning you, says Solus. I mean it. Solus has a bonus of one for his charisma, and he does speak the same language as the Beastman, Manish. Yet a point will also be subtracted from the reaction roll, since Beastmen do not trust outsiders. Let's see the roll. At first, there's a standoff, and the beast men growl as Solus and Stockholm push their advantage. During this time, Len and Kailana take the opportunity to get the lantern lit. A second roll. It is a six. The beast man shaman slips to the front and begs his leader to trade the sword and also some treasure in exchange for passage. Get back, worm, says the Beastman leader. That would leave us defenseless. I'll cut any one of their throats if they try to stop us. Wait, says Solus. I see you've only got the one sword. We might be willing to trade for what you need, if it would avoid a fight. One last roll determines the result of this negotiation. Two dice. The result is only a four. Immediate attack by the Beastmen. And soon all five of them are assaulting the tribe in the decaying halls. Initiative, the group. A six, the Beastmen. A three. These Beastmen are naked and have an armor value of 9. Solus and Stockholm are on the attack first. Stockholm swings with his battle axe against the leader. And a 10 hits! Here comes the damage. 
Six. Stockholm takes the leader's head off in one swoop as the rusty sword falls to the ground. Meanwhile, Solus goes against the lankier one beside him who is coming in quick. Nat 20. The damage on Solus's two-handed sword is doubled up to an eight and the second beast man is slain. Just behind them, Len has control of the torch, whilst Kailana casts her invisible shield. The beastmen are up next. They have lost their leader and must make a bravery check. Their bravery is an eight. Two dice. It's a seven. The beastmen fight on. The shaman backs up while the next two beastmen lunge over the bodies of their fallen against Solus and Stockholm. Each must take a negative two for fighting over the bodies. Solus is wearing hide armor and so has an armor value of seven. Stockholm is wearing his spare leather and has an armor value of seven as well. The first beastman against Solus needs a 12. His 10 is a failure. Solus sees the beast man coming in with claws flashing and redirects him into the wall. The next against Stockholm. A 9. The dwarf is far too wily, and this second beast man fares no better. <laughs> Meanwhile, Len backs up and Barter comes forward to take her place. Round 2 Initiative. Solus and the others. A four, the beastmen. A three. Solus follows through with his sword, aiming at the back of the beastman that he has shoved into the wall. Thirteen. And with eleven points of damage, that beastman is instantly killed. Stockholm attacks his opponent. A sixteen. The battle axe cuts him for four points of damage, and he falls. Meanwhile, Bardar takes aim with his sling, trying to get a shot past the melee. It is short range, and Halflings get a bonus of plus one. When he thinks he has a shot, he lets the stone bullet fly. The Shaman ducks just in time. Another bravery check is required. Two dice. It is a nine. The Beast Man Shaman falls to his knees and begs for mercy. Solus holds him at sword point, glancing at Stockholm for some advice. Well, says Stockholm, this is the one that wanted to negotiate. My brothers are savages, said the Beast Man, but I see sense. Have all the treasure, take it. Our whole group has been cursed ever since we raided the Paladin's tomb. Paladin's tomb, says Solus, and he stoops to pick up the rusty sword. Upon careful examination, he can see that the rust is easily brushed away to reveal a fine blade. It is not extraordinary, but he does notice a design upon it of five small crosses not far away from the pummel. He recognizes these as being similar to Len's holy symbol. This he tells her and calls her closer to the front. What was the name of this paladin? Asks Len. 
I don't know, said the Beast Man. But her voice has been inside my head for days. She told me to deliver the sword to level 1 Alpha. Well, I've done it now. I've done what she asked. So spare me. Take everything. Just spare me. And maybe at last I'll be free of her as well. The Beast Men are worth 65 level points. The group acquires the Beast Men's treasure, as the Shaman has suggested, taking of course the sword, as well as three small sacks. They blindfold the Beast Man and take him back to the Kobold Barracks. Solus relays the tale to the others of the group, and after questioning the Beast Man for a short time longer and getting nothing very much in the way of useful information, the group to the reluctance of the Uname, set him free into the tunnels north of the barracks. Treasure The Beast Man, Shaman, offered the belongings of his kin in exchange for his life. Sola Stockholm and the others simply grab the sacks and depart, waiting until they return to the others before taking a look at the treasures inside. The takings are revealed. Some rolls for copper. There are 126 copper coins, next silver, 134 silver coins scattered amongst the sacks. Next, let's roll for Electrum. There is no Electrum here. Two rolls for gold. Gold is indicated, and the total? 89 gold coins. Let's see if there's any Platinum. Platinum is absent from the hoard. Looks like there's no chance for gems, but there is a slight chance for jewelry. Let's roll it. Jewelry is found. Looks like two pieces total. Let's find out how much it's worth. The first piece is a ruby ring worth 1100, and the second is an emerald ring worth a thousand gold coins. Each is very beautiful, set in gold. And finally, a very small chance that there may be a magic item amidst the takings of the hoard. Two rolls allowed. The first, a 2% chance. No magic items. The second roll, a 5% chance. Ha <laughs> ha! This roll has come up positive. The magic item could be literally anything. Let's see what category it falls into. The dice. Oh, looks like this one is a sword. Well, so again, there are many kinds. Let us see which is revealed. Oh, this is an especially fine find. Far more valuable 
than the tribes deserve. I bet you'd like to know what it is. <laughs> well, you'll just have to wait and see. I wouldn't want to spoil all the fun. I'm going to say that all the coins will go to Nim for safekeeping, while in a symbol of friendship and in remembrance of Sierra, the rings are given to the two youngest remaining of the Uname. For Twyla, the ruby ring, and for Nim, the emerald ring. As for the sword, this remains in Solus's care for now. Though, of course, the group knows not yet what they have. Of course, if you're playing with a Transcendent Disciplines option, and if you possess the appropriate discipline, then I think you'll agree the discovery of this magic sword serves you too. Consult your Iron Realm record for Transcendent Disciplines to see all the details. As for the tribes, it seems an opportune time for us to distribute level points as well. The first award is 50 points, split 16 ways for the tribe, or the opening to Chapter 39, Maid's Rest. That makes three level points each, with two left over. Meanwhile, the awards for Chapter 40 will be distributed just to the group who fought with the Beastmen, since they were the main focus from the very beginning of the podcast. 50 level points for the Chapter 40 intro, plus 65 for the Beastmen, 103 for the coins, and 2100 for the two fine rings discovered. That's 2318, split eight ways, results in 289 for each of the following Solus, Stockholm, Kailana, Len, Tamek, Barda, Kana, and Orson. There are also six more level points left over, and I will arbitrarily assign these to Len, taking into account all bonuses. The level points for the group now stand as follows. Solus, 1033, Len, 11-12, Kailana, 932, Treya, 1240, Stockholm, 1474, Tanik, 859, Amazar, 1215, Iona, 1884, Kana, 1497, Paola, 1793, Bardar, 1419, Lilena, 348, Orson, 1157, Nora, 2307, Twyla, 1474, and Nim, 1006. Kana has reached level 2. It seems this acquisition was profitable indeed. And perhaps, just perhaps, the group will discover more about the mysterious sword. <laughs> I will tell you this, the sword has a secret power. 
go ahead and guess what it is and record it amongst your notes. When the power is revealed, if you are correct, you may have a role for a free, transcendent rank. Luck to you, traveler. May you guess correctly. What is the secret power of the sword? Pause the podcast if you must, but answer now before you proceed. Ultimately, the tribes do return their attention to acquiring water from the steam cavern. And, over the next couple of hours, there is no further incident, and every member of the tribe is able to do so. One of the dead beast men is brought back, too, and he serves as a meal for those he desired to kill. There is much discussion regarding the sword, and Len believes it may well be of God, and perhaps highly magical as well. I may be able to intuit more, says Lilena. She closes her eyes for a moment, whilst whispering the incantation needed for her last spell. See magic. When she opens her eyes again, the sword is indeed glowing, she knows that it is indeed magic, and she tells this to the group. As she looks around the room, she also notices that Kana, Paola, and Iona are also glowing. She reveals her findings to the group at once, and for a moment there is some concern. Amazar waves his hand and says, Ah, regarding the girls? Yes, they are under an enchantment. It is, I assure you, for their own protection. What do you mean? Says Solas. Protection from what? From each other, says the wizard, cryptically. It seems our wizard isn't ready to tell us the rest, says Stockholm. For now, Len, what else can you tell us about the sword? What kind of magic does it possess? Len is able to make a roll versus her wisdom in order to intuit any clues about the sword. A nat one. This sword may allow for holy strength in combat, says Len. Yet it may have greater powers. Here, Silas, touch me with the sword and fill your mind with biased thoughts. As the girl has instructed, Solas touches the blade to her, and as he fills his heart with compassion, a warm glow surrounds the sword, and a gentle energy flows into Len's shoulder. 
Len receives three life points of healing, which returns her to her maximum of six. We have been given a great gift, says Len. God the Father, our Lord, smiles upon us this night. I'm going to make one more roaming creatures check to reach 10 p.m. No other creatures are indicated, and one further life point can be gained by all members of the tribe that got a full 24 hours uninterrupted rest. I'm going to say that moving through the tunnels is not sufficient exertion to spoil the rest, although the group led by Solus and Stockholm engaged in combat certainly cannot partake and so they will not be able to recover more life points until 2.20 the following day. I am awarding a life point, however, to each of the following within the group. Iona, Paola, Nora, Twyla, and Nim. If you answered healing for the sword's secret power, then you have met your Maze Master's challenge. Reward yourself accordingly. Roll now for a transcendent rank in any discipline that you currently possess. Well done, traveler. And so... We return to the maze. Carry on, traveler. Carry on. Character 8 On tonight's Character 8, a brief clarification on the rules for life point recovery and healing. The basic rules state that whenever your shared fate counterpart recovers a life point, then character 8 will do so as well. Yet once in a while, your shared fate counterpart will be granted more life points than he or she needs, and under these circumstances, character 8 is allowed to take the excess. Of course, under no circumstances can Character 8 rise above his or her max life points. But let me now give an example of a scenario that may unfold before your eyes. In this example, let's say that Character 8 has one life point out of 8, and that Character 8's shared fate counterpart is Solus the Fighter, who has 6 out of 8 life points. Now assume that Solus receives healing from the magic sword, and that the magic sword bestows six life points upon Solus. Solus, of course, can only benefit from two of those life points, for it takes him from six to his max of eight, while the rest of the life points are effectively ignored when it comes to Solus. Character 8 need not ignore them, because the sword bestowed six life points, Character 8 is allowed to partake of all six, rising from one life point to seven out of eight. 
there is one other scenario worthy of note when it comes to Character 8's recovery of life points. As you know, 24 hours of uninterrupted rest allows a character to regain one life point. So returning to the prior example, let us say that Solus, who has 8 out of 8 life points, has realized 24 hours of uninterrupted rest. For Solus, that extra life point is effectively ignored since he is already at his maximum life points of 8. However, because Solus is Character 8's shared fate counterpart, and because 24 hours of uninterrupted rest was indeed realized, then Character 8 may indeed receive one life point of healing, which in our example would take Character 8 from 7 points to 8. Sometimes only a careful player of the game can regain every life point available, for I the Maze Master may not state that such healing is available when a shared fate counterpart is already at the max. Yet if you, the player, has been keeping careful track of your shared fate counterpart, then you may already know when 24 hours of uninterrupted rest has been received and when it has not. Remember, rest is considered to be interrupted any time strenuous activity occurs, such as running, combat, or training. Note these clarifications well, Character 8, for always any bonus life points may well make the difference between life and death. You have been listening to The Iron Realm. If you would like to show your appreciation and to support new episodes of The Iron Realm, visit patreon.com slash theironrealm and be you rewarded. Finally, tell your friends and spread the word about the world's first play-by-podcast RPG audio drama. Your fellow travelers and your maze master, thank you. From the eternal depths of the Iron Realm. I have been your maze master, Abel Enzo. Remember, play hard or go home. Iron Rail! Good night, everyone.